Hi, my name is Pamela Coons, Associate Professor of Medicine in the Division of Oncology at Yale School of Medicine and Yale Cancer Center. I'm excited to announce ASCO's new open access journal, JCO Oncology Advances. As the inaugural editor-in-chief, I hope to support JCO Oncology Advances to become the premier platform to bridge the gap between accessible scientific research and clinical care. Stay tuned for more information, including new article types, at ascopubs.org forward slash JCO Oncology Advances. We look forward to seeing your submissions in spring of 2024. This JCO podcast provides observations and commentary on the JCO article, Efficacy of Blended Cognitive Behavior Therapy for High Fear of Recurrence in Breast, Prostate, and Colorectal Cancer Survivors, the SWORD study, a randomized controlled trial by Vandewal et al. My name is Lynn Wagner, and I am a professor in the Department of Social Sciences and Health Policy at the Wake Forest School of Medicine and the Director of Research and Clinical Integration and Cancer Prevention and Control at the Wake Forest Baptist Comprehensive Cancer Center in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I am a clinical psychologist, and my oncologic specialty is psychosocial oncology and patient-centered outcomes research. I was excited to see results from this randomized controlled trial evaluating an intervention to reduce fear of recurrence, referred to as FCR in this podcast, among cancer survivors. This is one of the first randomized controlled trials targeting FCR to be reported. This innovative trial offers a promising new direction for the treatment of FCR, a prevalent and distressing concern among a significant proportion of cancer survivors. Surveys of long-term cancer survivors have identified help with managing uncertainty as their most common unmet need, even among survivors at low risk of recurrence. Yet few interventions exist. In 2012, I searched the literature for interventions targeting FCR to help inform my own clinical practice, and I was surprised to find there were very few publications on FCR and no RCTs. Since this time, only four FCR intervention trials have been published including a psychoeducational intervention for melanoma survivors, an online gratitude eliciting intervention for early-stage breast cancer survivors, a pilot examining a cognitive existential group intervention for breast and ovarian cancer survivors, and a nurse-delivered intervention with head and neck cancer patients. Three additional publications describe FCR-focused intervention protocols from randomized trials that are currently underway. Earlier this year, I published a description of Fortitude, a targeted e-health intervention designed to teach breast cancer survivors strategies to manage FCR. Our trial has been completed and results are forthcoming. Given this gap, the SWORD study provides an important contribution to the field in advancing an evidence-based protocol for FCR. The SWORD study randomized 88 breast, colorectal, and prostate cancer survivors with clinically elevated FCR who were six months to five years post-treatment with no evidence of disease, to cognitive behavior therapy, referred to as CBT in this podcast, versus usual care. The CBT intervention was described as blended, meaning the intervention condition included a combination of face-to-face and online sessions supplemented by a supportive website or workbook. The usual care condition did not receive any services. The intervention approach used by the investigators is compelling for many reasons. CBT strategies are well-suited for FCR, given that FCR is similar to generalized anxiety, for which well-established CBT protocols exist and have been empirically validated with other populations. CBT has been shown to reduce anxiety and distress among cancer survivors, 
thus offers a promising therapeutic direction for FCR. In an earlier publication describing the SWORD intervention, the investigators expound on their use of traditional CBT models to design their intervention. The combined face-to-face -face and online modality for intervention delivery maximizes feasibility, given that the time and inconvenience of attending face-to-face -face sessions is a common barrier to psychosocial care. The balance of face-to-face -face with online sessions is clinically intuitive in that initial sessions are in person, presumably to build rapport and maximize adherence, with brief online or telephone sessions as boosters. The mean intervention duration was 11 weeks, and participants were assessed pre-randomization and at three months. The investigators' results are impressive. An intent-to-treat analysis found that participants randomized to CBT reported significantly less FCR post-intervention than those randomized to usual care, yielding a moderate to large effect size. Using a reliable change index, a significantly higher proportion of intervention participants reported clinically significant improvement compared to usual care. However, it was striking to me that only 66% of intervention participants completed all sessions. Adjusted analyses indicated those completing the intervention had greater improvement than non-completers, suggesting a dose-response relationship. The metrics on website use are encouraging for e-health intervention enthusiasts. Participants logged in a median of 12 times and submitted a median of 47 online assignments. There was a wide range of logins observed from 1 to 29 logins. This is consistent with eHealth intervention research indicating that this modality works well for some, the super users who log in a lot, but not as well for others. The finding that 16% of intervention participants requested paper copies of the material provides a note of caution to eHealth researchers. Despite the shrinking digital divide, this finding emphasizes the need for investigators to anticipate that a sizable proportion may have difficulty with Internet access and will require alternative means for accessing intervention content. This brief intervention incorporated several CBT-based techniques, which is a strength of this trial. However, given that multiple CBT techniques were employed, the investigators are unable to identify the active ingredients that contributed to the robust intervention effect. Over the past decade, several innovative designs for optimizing behavioral interventions have been developed to address this problem. Using the multi-phase optimization strategy, referred to as the MOST design, investigators can test individual intervention components as an important first step prior to building and evaluating multi-component behavioral trials. This design is well-suited for research on FCR, given that this is a newly emerging research area with no empirically-based guidance for investigators to help choose which CBT techniques to include when designing interventions. Future trials can utilize the MOST design to individually test intervention components and build multi-component interventions that consist of only those components which have been found to be effective, thus optimizing FCR intervention design. Adaptive interventions, also called adaptive treatment strategies or dynamic treatment regimens, consist of individually tailored treatments, allowing for greater personalization of interventions. Based on my clinical experience with patients with elevated FCR, the efficacy of CBT techniques and adherence with their use is highly individual, so this type of approach may have great value in designing and evaluating personalized psychosocial care plans for FCR. The investigators acknowledge the lack of an attention control as a design limitation 
and recognize that the robust intervention effects observed may be attributable to therapist attention. Treatment expectancy may have also contributed to improved outcomes. In order to empirically evaluate the intervention content, the investigators need to employ an attention control with the same number of face-to-face -face and online sessions. However, this is challenging given that one of the appealing characteristics of this trial is that it focused on FCR and recruited participants with clinically elevated FCR. Designing an attention control that will maximize participant retention without affecting FCR is a challenging task. Randomizing participants to a condition that lacks face validity with no clear relevance to FCR would likely lead to differential attrition, introducing another source of bias. Seemingly innocuous content, such as information on diet and nutrition, may appear inert, though may, in fact, reduce FCR through providing participants with actionable steps to improve their health. As a helpful example of an attention control condition, one recently published FCR trial evaluated a web-based gratitude intervention by comparing it to an online activity diary to control for time spent online. Additional examples from trials currently in progress include a structurally equivalent control, which entails support group-based discussions focused on the challenges of living with cancer, and relaxation training. However, relaxation training is common to CBT interventions, including the SWORD study, so may not be an adequate attention control. Last, CBT teaches patients to use negative emotional states to engage in problem-solving and adaptive coping behaviors. In the context of FCR, this approach fits well in teaching cancer survivors to leverage health anxiety to increase motivation to engage in health-promoting behaviors, such as medical surveillance, physical activity, and weight management. As a desired outcome, future research should incorporate health behavior measures as secondary endpoints. In conclusion, given the clear and consistent message from cancer survivors that help managing uncertainty remains a pervasive and unmet need, evidence-based interventions to manage FCR are clearly needed. In tandem with the few published trials to date, the SWORD study represents a significant step in the right direction in advancing an evidence-based approach for the clinical management of FCR. This concludes this JCO podcast. Thank you for listening. For more original research, editorials, and review articles, please visit us online at jco.org. This production is copyrighted to the American Society of Clinical Oncology. Thank you for listening.